Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Smell Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boateng. This week, please join me as I speak with Jay Williams, a congenital anosmic currently living in Canada. Jay and I talk about his anosmia story, how it impacts his current work as a chaplain, and how Canadian Kit Kats are far superior to U.S. ones, and much more. Let's jump in and listen to the interview. Hi, Jay. Welcome to The Smell Podcast. Thanks for having me, Katie. It's good to be here. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Where did you grow up? I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was uh, born to a Canadian mother and an an American father. And um, after high school, I moved to Canada, and now I live up in Canada. All right. Awesome. So what what do you think about the differences between the two countries? Is there one main difference? Oh my gosh, there's so many differences and I've been, I'm 43 and I've been here for 23 years and I'm still learning the differences because now I have two young boys in hockey and man, they love that sport up here. (laughs) (laughs) Did you play hockey yourself when you were growing up? No, all baseball all the time. So I don't even know how to skate. My kids can just skate circles around me. So it's been pretty fun. Canadian. Yeah, they love it. They love it. I've heard another thing, another difference between Canada and America is that the Kit Kats are a lot better in Canada. Have you heard that? Do you know what? They are different. All the candy is a bit different. I have to say, we're just uh, finishing Halloween, and I've had far too many Kit Kats in the last <laughs> little while to give them any uh, any uh, praise because I'm Kit Katted out. Yeah. But yeah, like there's a ton of differences with little uh, with candies and that kind of thing too. Chips mm. too. We're big into ketchup chips up here up north. I've heard that's also a thing too, and I'm kind of jealous. I think that sounds actually like it would taste good. Yeah, they're delicious. That's awesome. So, <laughs> can you share with us a little bit about your anosmia story? Sure. Like so, 43 years old. I'm congenital, so I've never smelled anything ever. And I have, you know, all these memories, like so many of us, like I remember being in kindergarten and uh, walking into my friend's house with him and he said, oh my gosh, my mom made cookies and then walking into the kitchen and sure enough, she did. And I I, like really remember thinking that he had a superpower to see through walls or something and being like, that's crazy that he knew that uh, from something in the air. I also mm. grew up in the 80s, and um, so we, you know, scratch and sniff stickers were a big thing, and I remember just scratching them like mad and never getting anything and just kind of being like, what is going on here? <laughs> and um, kind of faking it all the way. You know, you go into high school, and you're in a car with your buddies, and someone uh, farts. And all the windows go down, everyone's gagging and making a scene. And I just remember being wide-eyed, like, what is happening right right now? Because it's just never been part of my reality. And so basically when I was in university, I uh, and I I think this is true for many of us, you don't really come to terms with it. You think you're going to grow into it or you have a cold for, you know, 20 years. Right. And then I, I remember going to a doctor and getting like a, a scan of my sinuses 
And also, I think, which is true with so many of us, they didn't really have any answers. They're like, yeah, no, there's nothing that we can really tell from a scan of why or how this is the reality, but it just is. Mm -hmm. And so that's just been my reality. Was there like a definitive moment for you growing up when you realized that smell was something that you didn't have? Like, did it click for you one day or, or you just didn't think about it? No, I'd say, you know, like growing up, you're like, oh, okay, sure, guys. And you want to fit in and you're kind of not, and it comes up kind of infrequently mm -hmm. and you just kind of go with it. But it always made me wonder, you know, what is actually going on here? But I'd say kind of, you know, you go through your teenage years, you become a young adult, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to own this. I actually have never experienced this. What is it? Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'd say kind of like late teens, early 20s is when I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this seriously now. And that's when I went uh, to see a doctor about it for the first time. But it was always just kind of a funny thing where I was kind of giggling, being like, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, guys. When you had that experience with your doctor, did they know what you were talking about? No. Only slightly, you know. I, it, it was, you know, I have such respect for doctors and medicine. And it was just so interesting about how, you know, the doctor didn't totally know a ton about it. But also was like, yeah, that that's a thing that that happens. But I have to say, I did get that sense from the doctor, as I get from other people on the planet, where they kind of don't believe you. Right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And you're kind of like, well, no, this is. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you're functioning and don't worry about it. And we'll have a look. And we don't really know a ton about it. But... um I also, you know, you leave a little bit like, wait a minute, this is actually my reality. Mm -hmm. And I've loved your podcast because there are people who actually dig into this thing more. And certainly I've just got this crazy busy life, but right. it's something that I'd love to have the time to explore more for myself. Yeah, definitely. I think we all come to terms with our own situation at different times. So, you know, like it took me. I lost my sense of smell and I ignored it for a solid eight years. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? time just flies and you're kind of living, and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one day you'll just like one day I just like woke up and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna like focus on this, and that's yeah, kind of how I the podcast that. was born. So I love that. Yeah. Did you have a moment when you had to reveal to your family that you didn't have a sense of smell, or did your family just know and oh, understand is... that? I love this because literally to this day, they forget, Yeah, you know, 43 years in and we laugh and, you know, I tell them and I, I find when I tell my family or anybody, oftentimes people just kind of glaze over and smile and be like, okay, because mm -hmm. it's, you know, you can, we can function and our lives are just way too busy. So many of us that it doesn't become a thing where you actually like hunker down and like deal with it. But yeah, telling my family, um, I think, I, you know, I'm, I'm an eccentric guy in other ways too. So they just think, Oh yeah, that's a thing. But I, but again, 
I don't know about you, but or other people with anosmia, but we, I just get the sense that maybe there might be a part of other people that don't totally believe you. Yeah, I think that they can't comprehend it. That's what yeah. I've come come to believe. So I think that they that there's no possible way in that moment for them to actually comprehend possibly what you're saying because it's not something that they've personally experienced. And so I don't think they can see that anything's wrong with you like outwardly. So they're like, oh, okay, like nice smile, you know? Yeah, exactly. Big smile. There's a but, nose on your face. So yeah, but you know, unless and... they actually like stop to really think about it, um, if that happens, I don't know if you've noticed that in conversations, but if they actually like focus on what you say, I feel like that's when the questions come. Right. Yep. No, I have found that. Yeah. Where they're like, wait, what? Wait a second. Like, are you serious? What do you mean by that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes them a second, though, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Or years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned that you're a chaplain, that you have a master's in divinity, and that you've written papers about having congenital anosmia and how that affects your spirituality and personhood. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Totally. And uh, forgive me, Katie, because I'm going to get kind of really deep and real quickly with this because it is something that I'm, I'm comfortable with and I have explored like the spiritual realities or the personhood realities of this condition. Yeah, please. You know, it's, the, the more real, the better. Yeah, awesome. So what's so interesting to me is that, um, you know, when you study philosophy and theology, what's, what, what you do a lot of is like self-exploration. To be like, who am I? What is this existence that we're sharing? Particularly mm -hmm. from my perspective. And so like, you know, I'll... I'll say this like um there's a philosopher named Rene Descartes and he's the guy who says I think therefore I am mm -hmm. that's the conclusion he came to and the way he came to it is that he said I want to know what's actually real about existing and what I can know for sure for sure and the way he did it is he went through um, how he gains information and went through his senses so he'd say you know it'd be like the argument, I know that parallel lines never meet, but if I'm standing on a train track and look into the horizon, they do meet. So mm -hmm. I can't really trust my eyes. And he went through that with all of his senses and said, I can't really trust what I know. But he's, he came to the conclusion, but I'm thinking about it. And I think, therefore, I know I exist. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't be thinking about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, a, a, a bit of a way to see his thing. But when I learned, you know, when I uh, heard that for the first time, I remember thinking, <laughs> this is hilarious, because I don't even know this sense that I could doubt, if that makes sense. Like everyone in the world around me, it seems, is talking about this reality. Mm -hmm. that I am not certain is a reality. In fact, for me, it's not. And I, as a person, I've always like been a bit of a skeptic and wanted to dig into what do I actually know? What can I actually know? And where will that lead me? And so 
for me, you know, studying theology, epistemology, and uh, philosophy, you know, I come to this place where, like every human, it seems, we are like not fully human. There's aspects of all of us that, like, I don't know how to, uh, I'm, I'm not an electrician. I don't know how that stuff works. Right. Um, I don't know so much. But I actually don't even know that this sense of smell is a thing. Right. It hasn't been I'm, for you. And it hasn't. And while everyone else, you know, like we talk about this, you know, this grin from the people in the know. And, you know, you, you get comments like, well, you can smell a skunk, though, right? You can mm -hmm. smell this, though, right? And you're like, no, no, I no, I don't even none of it is a thing. It's not real. Mm -hmm. And so basically, you live your life uh, in a world where everyone's talking about something that is just a given. And they kind of gloss over this fact that you're like, no, it's not really. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I find when people talk about theology or God, it's kind of similar. People will say things like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you know, like God exists or, you know, Jesus loves you or, you know, and you're, I'm kind of like, well, wh what do you mean? Yeah. What does that actually mean? And so the, my pursuit in it was totally personal at first. I actually became a teacher. Um, my undergraduate degrees in Russian studies um, hadn't really been interested in being a theologian or working in ministry or chaplaincy and didn't get into it until later in my life. But in my early 20s, I did uh, get a master's degree in divinity because I walked into a theology school and I was like, tell me what you know. Right. I've just kind of always been like super curious. And the path it took me down was, um, you know, I've, I learned Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek. I'm like, okay, who wrote this? What language was it? Okay, I should learn those languages. What, um, what context was this written in? And uh, <laughs> I mean, just for fellow uh, people with anosmia, like, it's hilarious because the sacred texts of my tradition, Christianity, the Bible, there's all these references to smell throughout it, which mm. always just made me giggle because I'm like, okay, you know, it's even in these sacred texts, but I don't even know if it's real. Um, and, and I find when you talk to people about spirituality, they talk in these terms like they do with smell and they say things like uh yeah well you should this is just a thing and i'm always like well is it is it it's really vague so the it's way also vague yeah it's vague and abstract yeah hmm. and so yeah the some of the conclusions i've come to is that with anosmia or any other deficiencies i have in my personhood or being a human i just am and i think it's given me like a capacity to for compassion for others who have their story their journey and you know in in my professional work 
I spend time listening to people and walking with people on their journey, you know, in the spirit of no judgment, no shame, no guilt. Mm-hmm. Here you are. And here we are. And where are you going? And where are we going type, type uh, work. So and, and with this idea that, yeah, we are just loved for exactly who we are. Yeah. Anosmia has totally shaped me in that because I think I have a greater capacity um, in some ways by lacking a way to experience reality because we're all lacking in certain ways and we just are. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that it's a way to just relate to the world. It's everything is so, I don't know how to say what I want to say, but I think everything is based on our own personal perceptions yes. and like our, our own perceptions are reality. So like what happens if you can't perceive something, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you said earlier about like other people can't wrap their head around this. Yeah. And, and I think one way, and, and when I've had, you know, good conversations with people and you actually go there, it'd be like for the smellers of the world, like imagine everyone is talking about a sixth sense. Mm-hmm. And they, and when you're like, what are you talking about? And they're, and they just smile and be like, well, you know, it's this. And you're like, well, no, I it? don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, yeah, come on. Like, just try to do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. You've okay. mentioned, uh, you've mentioned before that you've written papers about that topic. So is there a way that we can read those papers? I do have copies and I've, you know, offered them to people um, on some of the Anosmia websites and that. And, uh, what you should know, though, is that they're like super introspective. So it's not like I've come to any conclusions for any other people, but it's more about my journey of yeah. like experiencing this world. But um, yeah, I do have them. Sorry, I don't have like a way to get them out to the public, but. That's awesome. Um, would it be possible for, I mean, are they av- available for public consumption? Like, do you want to share? Sure. Yeah, them. Like if you could email it to me, I could put it in the show notes or something. Yeah. Okay. I will. I, I'll just warn everybody. I'm 43 now. I probably would tweak it, but it was like my becoming with yeah. understanding this, but certainly I'll, I'll email it to you. That's great. Thank you. So relating to our anosmia experiences, you're congenital, so you've grown up with this. I have acquired anosmia, so I've had it for like the last 10 years or so. What is your most funny, or if not funny, what's your most memorable anosmia experience that kind of stands out to you? Okay, can I give you a two? Yes. Okay. So I remember, (laughs) I I had this girlfriend in Mm -hmm. university, and she bought me cologne. And the thing is, like, I remember in my uh, teenage years, I'd go to the mall and watch people buy perfume. And I would just sit in the corner and spend hours just watching people do this. Like, <laughs> that is crazy. And then you look at, like, the prices people are paying for this 
invisible thing that isn't real. (laughs) And I remember when she's like, no, I want you to wear this. And I had like this bit of an existential problem with it because I'm like, what am I saying to the world, you know, with this? And you know how it is when people that now you've had smell. But when, mm-hmm. For those of us who never have, when people describe it, they're using like all these weird words about it. And you're like, OK, that doesn't even make sense. Like, am I actually, you know, they'd say the ocean and I'd be like, so literally the ocean is, you know, emanating from me in my interactions <laughs> with people. And I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't necessarily need to do that. And I and I wonder if smellers they are like, how dare you? Like, who do you think you are? walking around with the ocean on you like i don't know right it was just also odd to me um there there also is this i'll tell you this other story um i remember very distinctly i I studied russian and i studied in saint petersburg and there was one night where i had this amazing conversation with a russian guy we were speaking russian i had some friends around both russians and um westerners and eventually everyone left the room and I was left there with this guy and just had this amazing chat with him. And I remember going and was like, why did you guys leave? Mm-hmm. That guy was super interesting. And they're like, Jay, that guy, his body odor was horrific. I, I, could, I could barely be in the room. And he said, and Jay, he was just so uh, reeking of vodka. And I'm like, oh, oh I had no idea. Right. And it was it was just kind of one of these moments of like, you know, I, 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 I appreciate peace. I appreciate trying to love each other. And mm-hmm. I was like, how cool is it that this is one less way that I could judge other people? Yeah, that actually reminds me of a situation where I was in college. So I went to college for um, high school teaching. I was actually a high school teacher for a little while. I taught Spanish. Okay. And when I was doing one of my observation periods, like where you have to go, I can't think of the word right now. It's not clinicals. That's for nursing. But like it was like an internship piece where you have to go and do a certain amount of hours. Yeah. And I was at a high school working with a student and I was the only one who would ever work with a student in that scenario. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then finally, the main teacher one day asked me something similar like how can you stand to sit next to that student so long and I said <laughs> oh I actually don't have a sense of smell and she goes oh that makes sense she's like I was like that is amazing because I apparently he smelled really bad and right. I had no I had no idea so I did, it didn't bother me and I was able to really help him yeah lucky him and lucky you right <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's one one less way to judge others, like you said. Yeah, exactly. So kind of off topic of the questions, but I'm just wondering, how has your anosmia impacted your family life? Oh, I can say, yeah, totally it has. Just in that, you know, it's things like being a dad and when my boys were babies, like changing diapers, like just the nightmare, like you're, it's two in the morning, your baby's crying and I can't just give it a sniff to like, go down the list of what's wrong. Right. So I have to like unwrap them, smell his, you know, look in his diaper. Yeah. Um, so things like that. Uh, the other day I was weed whacking, like literally last week I was weed whacking and I got gas 
on my um, jacket, apparently. <laughs> Gas, which I like to just call slippery water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I hung my jacket in the house. And when my wife came home, she's like, "I think we have a gas leak. What's going on?" I'm like, "Oh no, it might be my jacket." And then she smelled my jacket and was like, "Oh no, it is your jacket. Put it outside." So like, just constant when it comes up, these things happen, and it's like, oh, "Okay." Like, thank God for smellers in in so many ways, right? Because right. Here's yeah, here's another good one. I I just thought of. Yeah. Once I took my, um, we have a thing in up in Canada, like a green bin, where you take, like you take your garbage out, you take your um, food waste to the curb. Mm-hmm. And once I brought the food waste to the curb, and then the, the bin started shaking. And yeah. I was like, what is going on? And I kicked it over, and a giant skunk climbed out of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I and I was just like, this is crazy because no doubt I wouldn't have walked from the garage to the curb with this bin with a lid on it with a skunk in it had I had a sense of smell, you know? Yeah. Did it try to spray you? No. He just waddled off and I, I basically kicked it over, knowing there's skunks in this area. It was like, and and when it shaked, I was like, that's a big animal in here. I thought it was a <laughs> raccoon. Yeah. And I just kicked it over. I was so like, oh, scary. man, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. And then I saw it. And it was just, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I like, giggled to myself a ton. Um, yeah. Having anosmia, as you just see the world unfold, and you're like, oh, right. Yeah. Unrelated to smell, but related to your animal story, I was walking. I work on a college campus. I was walking around campus the other day, and I dropped my the stuff in my hands because the squirrel jumped out of the trash can. Like <laughs> as I was going to throw something away, it scared me so bad. So I can imagine how you felt with the big animal noises coming from inside your bin. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So when smell comes up in daily life, so day to day, maybe people that you don't know, you're out and about at restaurants or something like that. Do you take the time to explain to them that you can't smell? Yeah, you know, I pick and choose because I I do like thrive in authenticity, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to hijack stuff because what I've found is that when you say something like that, often it can hijack a conversation. So mm-hmm. I pick my moments and uh, I, I have no problem sharing it, but I still to this day will just fake it, not make it a thing, it, it, you know, in in concern for the others around, you know, I, I will say, and it's those little white lies. Oh yeah. That does smell good mm-hmm. with strangers at a meal or something that I don't want to make a thing of it. Yeah. It's, it's almost easier sometimes to just do that. And I think, I think you're right that it is, maybe it's not appropriate to share at times, even though you'd want to be authentic and you want to tell people the truth at the, at the moment, it may not be the best thing to do. Yeah, that's what I've found. Yeah. Another question that I ask all of the people that I speak with, do you self-identify as having a disability? Oh, I, yeah, I love this question. And I think I would answer it this way. Again, you know, getting a little bit into kind of the philosophy or theology of it, we are all a broken people. 
Mm-hmm. I've you know I've I've spent a ton of time laughing with congenital uh, blind people or deaf people as we talk about like our insufficiencies as we exist, but I, I, I'd say we're all disabled. We're none of us are quite there yet, and with this, that's that is one aspect of it. But there's just many more because I, I'm you know core to how I see the world. There is no other. There is no able and disabled. We are all just are with our various quirks. I think that's an amazing answer. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's really that's something to think about. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. hadn't thought about that before. So yeah, we're all yeah, yeah. in our in our own ways. So very cool. Another question that I have for you. What do you want people who do not have anosmia to know about what it's like having it? Oh, you know what? I would love like <laughs> when I was uh dating my now wife, she um spent a day and with a notepad and just wrote down everything she smelled throughout the day. Oh. And then we sat down at the end of the day and she just went through the list. And we actually ended up like, you know, laughing and crying together about this whole world I'm not experiencing. And she is like, and one of the things on it, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but, but you smelled at one point, I guess um, escalators have a smell. Escalators, kind of metallic-y, maybe. Metallic-y, but also like that rubber um, yeah. arm rail going around with oil, rubber on metal, something, uh-huh. I guess, that somehow is entering the air and entering people's faces. I don't get it, but... Yeah, 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 I can, <clears throat> I can, I can imagine this. So, and she's got a great sense of smell. So anyway, we went through it all, and I guess I would love to... Um, I love for people when they get a cold, you know, you know how um, when people can't smell and can't taste their food the way they want to, they lament it. Yeah. I guess what I would want them to know is try to embrace that in its simplicity and one less distraction as you are. You know what I mean? Like I feel badly when people lament when their smell is gone and I think it would be, you know, in your situation, I, I feel very badly because you've lost something I've never known. Right. But I, I would just say um, embrace, you know, be. Gr- this existence is so fascinating that finding like gratitude with what is without other distractions, if that makes sense. For, kind for of, the time. Kind of appreciate it. Appreciate it. The experience of not having a sense of smell so that you can appreciate the fact that you may have one better, kind of? Or, you know, if any of us lose any of our senses, we people lose their smell, people go blind, people go right. deaf. Nonetheless, uh, existing is completely remarkable, in my opinion. Right. And in some ways, um, finding the simplicity of that gratitude that we are even here at all mm-hmm. is something uh because i do think we're all running around too much and it's a very distracting world etc yeah. i guess if, if any of that makes sense but i, I but do I, yeah, it, yeah it does make sense to me so just be 
just be grateful in the now and and the amazingness of the fact that we are yeah that's awesome yeah that's a really nice way to think about about life in general and i do think that most of us are very distracted i don't stop to think about that on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and i i think if i did then i would appreciate my life more and I'm not perfect at it either, but I do think that there's uh, some wit, and that's you know that's not my idea. That's kind of a thing that the sages have been telling us for forever. Yeah. So this next question is specifically for people like you who have grown up without a sense of smell. If you could have one, a sense of smell, would you want to have one now? Love this question, Katie, and I love that you ask everybody this and. Here's what how I would answer that. I'd love to try it, but I would want to turn it off if I could. Ah. Like, like I, I definitely want to try, but I actually think I would just be in the fetal position overwhelmed <laughs> because I yeah. already am super overwhelmed with what I see and hear and feel. And so I, I just, I think it would be too much for me. Mm. Um, but I'd love to give it a shot. Have you listened to, I don't know if you've listened to the episode with Dia Klein. She's another lady who has congenital anosmia and her answer was similar to yours in that she said, um, no, thank you. Like she was not interested. Right. Right. I think I did hear that. And I, my experience, I don't know about you, but my experience is a lot of us who don't, who were born without it. A lot of us say that like. Or, or maybe we trend towards that. What's been your experience? Um, I yeah, I I think the ones that stand out to me have mostly been no. Yeah. Because you under, I think Dia's response, and and I don't think Dia would mind me talking about this again, but I think her response was more of, I understand my life as it is now, and I'm okay with that, and I don't want to add something else that might mess it up. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she also, because Dia's hilarious, she also like um, suggested that we all watch Futurama, the episode <laughs> where um, the the lady loses her, or she doesn't have a sense of smell and then she gets one and it's like right. overwhelming to her. So I was like, that's, of course she like references Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So I actually haven't watched that episode yet, but it's called Stench and Stenchability if you're interested in checking it out too. I will I will 100% check that out. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and speaking with me. If you can send over your, your essay that you wrote, I'd love to share that with everyone. And Sounds thank you great. again. Yeah, thanks Yay. for having me. Thank you to Jay for coming on the podcast and sharing his story with us. If you'd like to read his story titled Smeth that he wrote in his 20s about anosmia, you can click on the link in the episode description. If you have a story that you'd like to share, or if you'd like to be interviewed for the podcast, please email me at thesmellpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at thesmellpodcast and visit us online at thesmellpodcast.com. I'm always interested in sharing listener stories. Please rate, review, and subscribe to The Smell Podcast if you listen using iTunes. Reviews are helpful because they allow others to find the podcast.
And finally, if you would like to financially support the show, you can do so by clicking on the link in the episode description. I appreciate your support. And a huge shout out to everyone who currently contributes to the show. Your generosity is what makes this show possible. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you.